Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Okay, part three of Matt's recap of Time Fracture. Um, we've had our Time Lord Victorious moment, which uh, sadly ended with the death of Brian the Ood. Um, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even think I came across Brian the Ood in any of my Time Lord Victorious stuff. I jumped out pretty early, though. Uh, <laughs> I had the, the, those weird creatures with the, that could change time. I can't remember, remember Time Lord Victorious now. Uh, anyway, uh, they're about to go down a dark corridor for a spooky bit of business. Um, so Matt continues. In an epic crossover between the episodes Rose and Blink, the darkened corridor we found ourselves wandering along was filled with shop window dummies. John at this point was clinging to my sleeve. Please remember, dear listener, that whilst I'm 44 years old, John has a good nine years on me. <laughs> And I was desperately trying to shake him off. The lights were dim and flickering when our guide through the section got us all to look around and create a protective circle. As the lights flickered on and off, rather than autons coming to life, weeping angels began to approach us from all sides. The Weeping Angels have long been one of the best creations of the modern series, and finding oneself face-to-face with them in this situation was no less scary than on TV. You forget the line between reality and fiction, and, well, let's just say many a pair of pants needed replacing at this point. And huge kudos to the actors, for each angel was a living, breathing person who still managed to maintain the illusion of the Stone Angels, moving in the breaks of lightning and holding a truly static pose every few seconds. Magical, and for a few seconds, you are utterly immersed in Doctor Who. Oh, I'm very excited. I've gotten quite... You know what, Matthew? I'm very excited by this, this, just this one paragraph. Um, I mean, I've liked all of it. Calm down. Oh, he's going to be beating himself up now. Um, But 
I just am really wrapped that the people who play human statues as buskers have found themselves an actual job um, while everyone's locked in with COVID. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll let Matt continue before I'll stop interrupting. Um, things were moving swiftly at this point, however, and we sped through a very quick visit to the National Gallery, probably because at this point the budget had run out and its creation of Gallifrey Falls No More uh, painting looked incredibly shonky. <laughs> where a guide steps out of the painting and very nearly broke a big chunk of the polystyrene. <laughs> Once again, we're shifted onto the final stage of the adventure, and I'm sorry to say, possibly the worst bit, with padding and time-wasting taken to the most extreme level so far. The final room we found ourselves in was none other than Gallifrey itself. Walking into the Panopticon was stunning. It's a vast room done up in all the finery and extravagance you expect from the Time Lords. We're greeted by Time Lords in all their high-collared glory, with our group being gifted the amusement of a Matt Lucas spitting image, taking us to one side in all his campery. We're clearly waiting for the other groups to rejoin us in this room, as the time filling is overwhelming. The Time Lords aren't in agreement as to how to fight the time fracture, so the little groups we're in are recruited into the support of our guide, a man whose previous incarnations were clearly played by Kenneth Williams, Alan Carr, and the entire cast of the Poofcast. <laughs> That's um, another podcast that I used to do with some people, and it is shrill. Um, the problem here is that it's all watch and little to no interaction. A common problem throughout the whole of Time Fracture. What's described as interactive is merely walk past and watch, with nowhere near enough thought put into giving us something to do. The final half hour in the Panopticon is effectively a mini-show, which, somewhat fittingly, due to our Time Lord guide at this stage, is little more than pantomime. <laughs> when all the groups are put together, we watch a deathly boring debate between the campus group of Time Lords you could ever imagine. The argument between them is one handbag away from becoming a bitch fight about two Time Lords wearing the same outfit. Uh, the audience's only input on this is occasionally to shout support from our Time Lord whilst they stand ahead of us encouraging us to jeer. It's effectively, oh no it isn't, on a Time Lord level. It's behind you. Uh, but this is the end stage of Time Fracture. So with time splintering around us, what can we possibly do to save the universe from its certain end? Well, watch some screens of the Doctor, it seems, as the top level of the Panopticon lights up with static images of all 13 incarnations, matched with some audio sound bites, some lifted from TV episodes, some from specially recorded clips by the 13th and David Bradley's first Doctor, and others from Impressionists, who sounded less like the Doctors they were impersonating than I do like Shirley Bassey. <laughs> In fact, I'd swear blind that the fourth Doctor's audio clips had a decidedly Welsh tone to them. It wasn't me! I did it! <laughs> Didn't do the fourth doctor. Maybe it's you, Matt. Maybe you just hear that as Welsh. Um, the Matt goes on. The threat from the warning, warring Time Lords, who've now resurrected a female Rassilon for some reason that never really becomes clear, isn't deemed great enough, however, and the Daleks once again appear, this time up high where you couldn't possibly get at them. Uh, once more, they shout a bit about how they really need to change their agent and then do, uh, well, not a lot else. So how, how, how do we fix the universe? After two 50-pound tickets, plus 20 pounds and unusable drink vouchers, two hours of wandering the halls of the Time Fracture and numerous side-eye glances from a macabre fifth doctor who's just willing himself to regenerate so he can strengthen me like Perry, it turns out the ultimate solution to save all of time and space is for the audience to reach their arms forward and to wiggle their fingers. Yes, I kid you not. 
Apparently, we're doing some guff like sharing the Artron energy we picked up on our journey or something or other, and that heals the time fracture and sends the Daleks packing. Maybe this whole thing was indeed written by Chris Chibnall. It's unlikely, though, as there's not been a deep-seated moral message about not picking your nose or some other highly relevant current popular news issue. All is well with the universe, and we're thanked by the 13th Doctor for our help and shuffled unceremoniously back through a door into the main lab we started in. It's all an anticlimax. Even our fifth Doctor looked a little perplexed by the immediacy of the ending. And so we headed back out of the unit base and onto the streets of London to face reality. Walking back to the station, it's comforting to once again feel as though you fit into the masses and wonder how our fifth Doctor is feeling having to brave the crowds on the tube dressed in a cricketing outfit with trousers and jumper that clearly come from different seasons. Oh, Matthew. Uh, And decorative vegetable. (laughs) They clearly want you to visit the time time fracture multiple times. You'll have read so much about what's there in Doctor Who magazine or online, so you're going in with a degree of expectation as to what to expect, and with that starting point, you can only end up disappointed. That your experience is shaped by which staircase you take, where in the line you are, or whether you get picked for a particular mission, can mean the difference between value for money or an overpriced walkthrough theatre. The path we took, driven in part by being politely British and letting other people go first, meant we missed out on the Kablam Man and his delivery depot. We didn't get to visit the Torchwood Hub with the now absent video communication from Captain Jack because of something Noel Clark did. We didn't come face to face with Davros. Our story thread was disappointing, and with that as your first experience of Time Fracture, it kills any desire to spend what's not a small amount of money on having a second. It's worth remembering that the whole event was at 50% capacity at this point due to ongoing COVID restrictions. So goodness only knows how they'd cope if they were at 100%. Maybe they'd shove some of us off into a corner to make pictures by gluing pasta shapes onto a rough approximation of a Taran wood beast. Uh, So look, as a resolution to Time Lord Victorious, Time Fracture is an absolute dud. It's too far on from that whole marketing saga and it bears pretty much no relation to it other than a few shoehorned in references. Unfortunately, we've got COVID to blame for it sitting so far after the event. But frankly, Time Lord Victorious was such a flop, I don't think it would have made any difference if you'd read the books and comics, listened to the audios, played with the toys and experienced the escape room and Time Fracture all in one weekend. It was a poorly envisioned multi-platformed event that gave no payoff whatsoever especially if you'd really thrown yourself into all elements of it. Time Fracture unfortunately fitted into that narrative perfectly, with an event that promised so much and could so easily have been incredible and instead proved to be little more than a crushing disappointment. Now that's a very negative conclusion, but it's not all bad. I sit here now, the husband of Queen Elizabeth I. Not many can say that in 2021, and my time with dear old Queenie was the absolute highlight of the whole experience, bar one thing, Joseph. Throughout Time Fracture, my slight disappointment and sense of feeling let down was supplemented by being able to watch him living for absolutely every single moment and loving it. What I wasn't getting from the experience personally, I was able to get vicariously from seeing how much he enjoyed it. So I left the unit compound, not satisfied at my own time fighting the terrible time fracture, but smiling because I'd seen how much joy it had brought to one of the nicest people I've ever met. Going forward, I want to be more like Joseph, the 14th Doctor. <laughs> Joseph, oh bless. Um, well, what did we think of time fracture? Uh, has anyone else been to it or is interested in it? Uh, because here in Australia, we're never going to get to see it. This is as close as we're going to get. I think it sounds like, you know, as fun as these things are. 
me and Peter in a haunted house on the Gold Coast surely is near enough to that. Uh, all right, we will begin the snowman in the next episode. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.